0: Hello and welcome to the parish podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us.
1: Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless you, your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You heard it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sahedron. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you. Leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge and the judge will hand you over to the guard and you will be thrown into prison Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, Tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, Do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise
0: to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There was a priest friend of mine who shared an experience when he took an Uber. He was dressed in his collar, he was wearing a cassock, and the Uber driver asked him, "Why are you dressed like that?" He said, "It's because I'm a Catholic, I'm a Roman Catholic priest." And the Uber driver said, "Oh, you're the guys who don't get married." He said, Yeah, okay, that's pretty much what we do. Every night when I go to bed, I say, good, I say, good. I managed not to be married again. I say that because oftentimes we take a minimalist approach to God's law or or to God's will. I managed not to kill anyone. I managed not to steal. I managed not to commit adultery and so on. So I'd like to, first of all, reflect on the relationship, our relationship with God's law. What is your relationship with God's law? I think, I think you'd agree with me that God's law has always been a challenge to humanity, and it continues to be so today. Today, many people question God's law regarding marriage, regarding life, regarding sexuality, regarding many things. And I think it's safe to say that many, if not all of us, have at some point or another struggled with one of the teachings or many of the teachings of the church, which continues to seek to uphold God's law and teaching while also offering a merciful welcome merciful welcome back to people who return a new beginning to those who return to the father's house but people young and old many some of maybe some of you struggle today with the teachings on life on on sexuality on marriage and so on some people go so far as to want to change god's law to suit their sin so what should our relationship with god's law be we know that jesus summarized the ten commandments into two which are really one love your neighbor because in loving a neighbor we love god this is from the first letter of saint john How can you say you love me whom you don't see when you don't love the neighbor whom you do see and The and the neighbor. I'm not just referring to your next-door neighbor. It could be your spouse could be your son or daughter Could be your colleague So What should our relationship be with God's law when Jesus says he's come to fulfill the law He means that he has come to take the law to a higher level which is a level which is the level of interiorization, the level of internalization. This means that we, shall, we should follow God's law not out of compulsion or fear, but from the heart. But how does that happen for us in our lives? Let me tell you, it's very important that we get to the point when we live and adhere to God's law, that we do it as a response of love to God's love. Too often, we we think of our relationship with God as me, the creature, dictating the relationship with God. And while that is true in that I have the freedom to be in a relationship with God or not, The reality is that the relationship originates from God. It is first and foremost God's relationship with me. He has loved me first. He has loved each one of you first. He has loved us into existence. He sustains us in our existence. And he never stops or pauses in loving us. And so when we realize that we have distanced ourselves from God and his law, getting back in a relationship with God means remembering, ah, you love me. You loved me first. You have always loved me and have never stopped or paused loving me. And then I get back on track with his law, but it becomes my response of love to his love. I grow in virtue, and I avoid sin, and I build the good, and start again and again, also through confession as a response of love to God's love. And so I tell people often, it's not a once and for all deal that, you know, God, it's, it's every day reminding yourself, God loves me immensely. God loves me unconditionally. God loves me first. So then, in this correct ordering of things, God's law becomes an easy yoke, a light burden. We don't just resign ourselves to God's law, but we embrace it. And we discover how true it is that God's law is already written in the human heart. We are made in the image of God. And when we freely live according to his law as a response to his love, we are fulfilled in the deepest, sense humanly and divinely. And so we understand when Jesus says, it's not enough not to kill someone, but the thoughts and the attitudes about the other person matter. We understand when he says, reconciliation with each other is more important than offering sacrifice or worship. We understand when he says, it's not just about not committing adultery, but he goes to the intention of the heart and upholds the chastity of the heart and the fidelity to the one spouse in the sacred union. We understand the integrity Jesus is calling us to in not only making false and unnecessary oaths, but also any attempt to bolster claims to the truth beyond our statement. Yes, yes, no, no. Let this be our way of speaking. And in the response, and so Jesus is, demands truthfulness in everything we say or do. And in then, then this response of, of, of our love to God's love, we can reach the decisiveness in cutting with sin, which Jesus speaks of when he says, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. If your hand causes you to sing sin cut it not literally but he's underlining with what decisiveness we should cut with sin and jesus reiterates and states emphatically that we need to choose to obey god's commandments in freedom in willful adherence freely responding with my heart to him who has loved me first and has never stopped loving me. But we need the wisdom of God to guide us. Paul reminds us of this in the second reading. And when we open ourselves to that wisdom, when we open ourselves to God's love and respond with our own love, we open ourselves up to wisdom. Wisdom is a gift God gives to those who ask. So let's ask. The Holy Spirit gives gives himself freely to help us to choose what is right, what is good, what is holy. God's law is a means to an end. An end, and the end is to live in the freedom of the children of God, building the kingdom of God. Perhaps in the past, we followed the letter of the law, but missed its spirit. We might have even followed the law only because We were afraid of getting caught or being punished afraid of going to hell Or we just wanted to avoid wanted to avoid the feeling of guilt wrong reasons There is sometimes in our understanding of Christianity That places too much emphasis on what constitutes and does not constitute sin and on how far we can go before we commit sin But the real question we we have to keep asking ourselves is how far we must go in love, responding to God's love with my heart and keeping his law as my responsive love. Saint Anthony of Padua, pray for us.